Hi, welcome to the Fable Forge's first little Q&A session, because we just wrapped up season one. Hooray Yay. for all of us. Whoa. Yay! Whoa. We did it. Hi, I'm Elise. I'm the DM. Hi, I'm Gardner, he, him, and I play Torin. Hi, I'm Lauren, she, her, and I play Oriok, or I will be playing Oriok. And I am David, he, him, and I play Coriander, and will continue to play Coriander. I have pronouns too, they're she, her. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> nice! <laughs> <laughs> so, as your glorious, illustrious leader, thank you, thank you. I'll put some applause. really sparkly sound effects thank in there you. for you. I just wanted to have a little chat. To quote Justin McElroy, how do you think the adventure is going? Yeah, is there anything that you wish that your characters, or in Lauren's case, your favorite character had gotten to do that you wish you would have seen? A plot thread that you'd like wrapped up, that sort of thing. Is there any unfinished business that you feel as a player we have going into season two? So I can speak to that first. I know for Torin, the conversation with Winter is something that is uh, hanging over his head a little bit. What was that conversation about again for me, the um, listener that <laughs> listened to the last 13 episodes in 13 hours? Yeah. So um, Torin and Winter uh, used to be friends, are no longer friends. Torin intercepted some mail between Winter and a paramour of hers and did not send it along because he didn't think that they were right for each other. That lover died at sea and Torin feels like he may have uh, gotten that person killed. And Winter found out. Yeah. So Winter knows. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. And Torin knows that Winter knows. Things are cordial between them as we have seen but definitely the the discussion about those events has not happened yet uh, and so things are still a frosty between them a frosty. frosty 149 for a small frosty <laughs> could you ask me the question again and just unfinished stuff yeah things is there I anything wanted? like going into season two that feels really unfinished something you you wanted to see it doesn't have to be for coriander mm-hmm. something you wanted to see resolved something that you wanted to do as a player more water slides for david I love the God of War video game for the PS4, Dad of mm. Boy, as some Dad may of call boy. it. Uh, it's one of my favorite games that I've played in a long time. And Same. part of what I like about it is the inclusion of gods in a pantheon that's just present. And I'm very fascinated with, and I think Corey is too, because he's kind of a monster hunter of his own, yeah. with the idea that gods are there and that we saw Malaria and like yeah. touched her. And now I don't know where she's at, but Mm -hmm. she's like very real now. And there are other ones that are very real. Oasis was one kind of nomad is one. Maybe right. Like there's a lot going on. That's big. Mm -hmm. It's like big giant stuff. And some of it's nice. Some of it's not so nice. And Corey wants to see the big stuff and hunt the big bad stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of his jam. And that's something that I really wish that we would have gotten to be to do was go back and see if Malari was okay. But we couldn't because we had to get out of the cave because it was going to break. Yeah. So that would be cool. Lauren, as a season one listener, is there anything yeah. you want tied up? Anything you wish we'd done more of? Even less mm-hmm. of maybe? <laughs> 
I think just like in a more general sense of what I liked about season one is I really love your guys' role playing and how um, it felt like you're telling a story. Like you are these characters having conversations is I found I found to be very impressive because I know in like some of my other games, it can be hard to like get into that character mindset and have like a full conversation more than just like a few words which you need to get out to progress the story. That makes sense. So I'm just I'm excited to see more of that. And I'm excited to be part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, ex- that's not like very. No, like, that's okay. Specific. That's nice. I've experienced that too. I mean, even mm-hmm. within a campaign, I've played in one of your campaigns and yeah. my, my character at one point got really disheartened because she thought that this thing they had done was going to help like on a much larger scale than it did yeah yeah. and it didn't and she got really disappointed not me personally Mm -hmm. my character got really disappointed because she's kind of idealistic and she thought oh well we went through all of this and it was gonna help and Mm -hmm. in the end it didn't feel like it had much effect and like the other characters didn't really know what to do with that Mm -hmm. the fact that oh sure she was just like we tried you know i we put in all this effort and it didn't even matter and like the other characters didn't seem to quite i just needed one of them to like be like hey we did our best it's okay and kind of get her out of that funk but Mm -hmm. people who aren't used to role-playing like that yeah and like a more challenging way more than just like we're all like all of the players are aware of how the story needs to go forward so you're just gonna like make your character do that and I think that that is something interesting about this podcast and like about your role playing style, Lisa, is that like you do what the character is going to do, not necessarily what you need the character to do, if right. that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And that's hard. I mean, yeah. that's not, that's not. It is hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions upon no, no, no. the other players yeah. in that campaign mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Because if that's not your role playing style or you don't know how to deal with, you know, how would you know? I mean, right. me as a, as a novice role player would have no idea what to do with another character who was just like I don't want to anymore I'd be yeah. like okay I guess bye yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> like I totally get that mm-hmm. but yeah no that's that's good to hear my favorite mm-hmm. moments in season one were ones where the two of you talked and I got up and went to the bathroom and just let you talk <laughs> that's my favorite part about this being a podcast yeah mm-hmm. I think I think Corey and Torin would have talked a lot less if we were just playing yeah mm-hmm. I, but we know we got to do a scene mm-hmm. like we actually have to do scenes for a for a show mm-hmm. yeah. and so yeah. there, we lean a little harder into the theatrical elements of D&D and I think mm-hmm. that's really fun because yeah. I want to play fun. D&D like this anyway yeah. Yeah. and yeah. so yeah. it's great to be like no you have a mic you gotta say stuff you can't mm-hmm. just roll your dice yeah. I like that a lot it's super mm-hmm. cool well, yeah. it also shows the people that this is a way that you can play D&D yep. absolutely like, um, it is yeah like it's not like I love crunchy stuff like I m- mainly play Pathfinder, which is very, very crunchy. Yeah, it's like a like a Nature Valley bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the soft kind, the like hard kind. Yeah, the soft kind. Ugh, bullshit. Oh no, I don't like the hard kind. I hate oh, the hard. Oh, you don't kind. like the hard no, kind? No, because it's just like you take right, a this bite is what this and then it, is about yeah. Now. Okay, welcome to the Lauren V. David <laughs> yep. Nature Valley showdown. Well, um, let's go. Because right. like the hard ones, they just crumble in your mouth. Like you take one bite and it's like, oh, now I have all this dust in in a yeah. bag, and Sounds I need like to like not shake it in. A big enough bite. <laughs> I have to eat the whole bar in one bite. Yeah. That's absurd. Get a bigger mouth. It's so dry, too. How am I supposed to chew for that long to chew a whole bar? I don't know why I chose this hill to die on because I don't really like them either. I mean, they're like great for some things, but they if you if you like smack them around even what a little things? bit. Hmm. 
I mean, okay. like, uh, we're getting off you know, track. What would you like to see going into season two? Do you have a vague inkling? Do you have a grand scheme? Do you have any goals for the story or for our characters? For characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Going back into that theatrical element, as a player, I I am from a, a theater background, and so I I really enjoyed approaching the idea of like scenes and beats, and you know, getting in and sort of analyzing the the character. And so I don't I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do this, but as a player, I would like to remain conscious of my character of Torin's motivations and keep an eye on like, okay, what is what is happening with him? What is um, his inner life, as it were? Because I know that during the last season, I was a little bit more susceptible to how I was feeling on a particular night, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. flavor like, you know, there are some episodes where I didn't talk much because like I was sick. And yeah, so it was sort of like, all right, this is a non-Torin night, <laughs> um, which is, you know, not, sure. you know, but like if I was, if I was crabby, that tended to work for Torin. Um, (laughs) But I I think I just like to be more mindful of like what's happening in Torin's life because he he does have a rich rich inner life and I'd like to explore that a little bit more. You know, I'm interested to to see some different places. You know, I know that people have said like I'm really, that they want us to go to different cities. Well. We kind of have to now. Yeah, I mean, we, we have with one new city and I... I'm excited for some wilderness exploring. Like, yeah. that's going to be oh, really that's cool. Be so great. We have, I mean, Corey is yeah, uh, a ranger. literally his thing that he wants to do all the time right. and hasn't really been able yeah. to do. Yeah. So I'm excited to see, like, what areas can we explore and how can we use the favored terrains that are in our party? Because, you know, it just means that, like, okay, we'll be seeing a lot of, like, coasts. And um, are you... I forget. Are you mountains or mountains, baby? Mountains, yeah. Ooh. So yeah, we can, you know, go find the mountains that haven't gone into the earth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just go like climb around and. Oh, don't worry. There will be mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for Oriac to go into the wilderness because I don't think he's spent much time in the wilderness. Oh, like he's been. Oh, no. He grew up city yeah, boy. Yes, 100 city boy. Grew oh, up in the no. city. He gets excited oh. a little bit when he sees like more than two trees next to each other oh. kind of thing. So yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be fun. And I think that like he would be um he's never like been camping. So Oh boy. That'll be exciting. Yeah. And I think that he would think that he'd be really great at camping and like, oh, <laughs> get him back to the earth. And I feel like when you actually get to it, it might be. Yeah bit of a train wreck so it's, i'm excited oh man, to watch that train wreck that'll be fun <laughs> that is gonna be fun and i'm i am excited to see one i guess the bond between Torin and Corey continue to develop yes, um, yeah because that was something that was really just beginning to blossom over the first season and you know it's still sort of in an infant stage and so i think it'll be interesting to see how they cope with the addition of a third person i think oriak is going to be a little bit more hands-on than winter was because winter was sort of just content to let us like fuck off (laughs) i'm excited to see how these two old men and a boy uh (laughs) go into the world oh don't put it like that (laughs) david what are you is that that show with charlie sheen two old men and a boy (laughs) i think is catchier and i don't know why they didn't use it david what are you 
hoping for? What are they hoping for? Specifically, Coriander emotionally is he's 19. Like he he thinks he knows who he is, Mm -hmm. just like we all did when we were 19. We thought, oh, yeah, no, I'm this person and I know exactly what I want from the world and exactly who I am and exactly how everyone else. And then his whole world fell apart. Literally, my world fell into the world. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I had to. there's probably some mental pivoting going on for Corey yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm interested in how he's going to become an adult. Cause I think yeah. this is the thing that's going to make Corey into the first version of his adult self mm-hmm. is well, both your parents are gone now and your family's refugees mm-hmm. yeah. and you have to go to a new city and you have to be humble and you're not powerful anymore. You're not the true holds anymore. Yeah. You're just people mm-hmm. and you're 19, 20 years old, like time to figure out how to be mature and to make responsible decisions with yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I think him growing into that will start in season two. I think he was, it was easy to play him as just kind of a loose cannon that did whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And if you know, Torn came along, great. Corey was going to go down that pit no matter if Torn came along or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Canonically, you know, obviously we wanted Torin to come along. Yeah. <laughs> cutting between Corey exploring the pit and Torin sitting and delivering the mail. Not very exciting. <laughs> so, <tea>. right. <laughs> Although amazing director's cut. <laughs> like every yes, day you go on, hi, Agatha. It's nice to see you. Here's the yeah. mail. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to Corey's emotional growth in particular because I think he's going to learn some things about himself that maybe he didn't know maybe that he is more and less important than he thought exactly yeah or the ways that he should be important and the ways that he well, should i mean not and the, be. the thing of it is mm-hmm. it's just like real life right like we all influence things more than we think and we all have more impact than we think and like mm-hmm. we have all found that metaphorical wolf tied up and been <laughs> like well i can't do anything about it i'm too small bye and then like two months later been like fuck I probably should have done something huh you (laughs) know we've all done that metaphorically Mm -hmm. you know I want my players to feel like their choices have impact that you matter in the world because that's a reflection of my own personal belief because everybody does matter and the choices that they make no matter who they are do have an impact they have a ripple effect they matter they matter on the rest of the world and so mm-hmm. it was never my intention for you to see a god and think i have no right to interfere it was more i i wanted you to feel like i see a god and maybe i can help one small person can change the course of the future a <laughs> wise woman female elf once said <laughs> that's more of my like life philosophy mm-hmm. yeah so for oriak what i I'm looking forward to this season is seeing how he, like we kind of talked about a little bit before, but I'm really excited to see how he meshes with the group. And um, I think he'll be kind of like, not in a bad way, but just in an interesting way, kind of like a little thorn in your guys' side. (laughs) Or like, I just, uh, I'm excited for him to stir the pot because he's very stubborn and very like sure of himself that he knows what is right well i mean we kind of had Torin trying to be the voice of like moral and mm-hmm. ethical reason within the group yeah. but like Torin didn't even really buy it sometimes <laughs> so no. it'll be good to or interesting to have someone mm-hmm. within the group who is very much like no this is my conviction yeah this is yeah. this is the right thing to do and not doing it is the wrong thing to do. So we have to do it. I think that that will come into play quite a bit. And I'm also yeah. excited, like, specifically for Oriak and Coriander to interact. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had to deal with, like, teenagers a whole lot. <laughs> 
since he was a teenager. Yeah. They come from very different backgrounds. They do. Too. Yeah. Coriander is very privileged. Yeah. Uh, he and grew up, you know, not in, you know, extreme wealth, but he's kind of just had what it's silver platter for the most part, even in terms of jobs. Like he just got yeah. a job with his family blacksmith. Like yeah. shows up late, doesn't get fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cause you've, you've been in prison a yes. bunch. And yes. Like, I have been, <laughs> Oriak has been in prison longer than you have been alive. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. He was in prison for 20 years. And you're only 19, so yes, yeah, his last nuts. stint in prison, like not even the combined total of his years <laughs> no, in prison, yeah. like his <laughs> the last time he was in prison is longer than you have been alive. Oriak has uh, a lot of like shit going on in his life other than just the adventure, so it'll be interesting for me to like, like I've never had to do that in a role playing game before. Like all my other characters come in with the goal of the adventure is their soul or their main goal in life and their right. main focus. Sure. And they'll do anything to follow that. And Oriok is the first person that I've played where he has like a mom that he needs to take care of and a boyfriend that he feels like he needs to take care of, even if like his boyfriend doesn't actually think he needs to take care of him. And uh, yeah, um, but he feels like he has all these people that he needs to take care of. And also um, this like job that he sees being a paladin for DK and like the temple is like very important to him. So I'm just interested. I'm excited to see how balancing those will, will turn out. And I think you're in good company there too. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. kind of the interesting thing is you're not the odd man out there no, because yeah. both of the other two characters are not in this for the adventure and never really were there. Yeah. They've got, <laughs> they've all got like a billion other things going on. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's important for me, as the story director, mm-hmm. to make it worth their while. Yeah. Which is more interesting for me totally. as someone to be like, well, why should you? I have to convince you why. Yeah. Just like yeah, a real yeah. person. Right. You have yeah. to be like, okay, but why should I? Yeah. It, it like automatically makes us need to make these characters more complex as yep. the story progresses. So I guess as a question for us all then... What do you feel like your character's motivation to adventure is, or what is the thing that would draw you into an adventure? That's easy for Corey. He's pretty straightforward in this sense. (laughs) If Coriander thinks he can solve a problem, he's going to try to do it because he is very compelled by that sense of like, this is wrong though, and I can do something about it, so I'm going to try to do something about it. Sure. Uh, Which is why he went down into a hole. Yeah. He was like, but these people aren't doing anything about it. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get it done, which is something that he had. I mean, this is a lot of backstory stuff, but that is a huge problem that he had with Daisy because he thought Daisy could help save his dad. And she Mm -hmm. was like, it's just how people die. People die. And Corey Mm -hmm. was angry that she didn't try harder to help him with his sickness okay so like that would be fascinating to uh <laughs> bring up in character yeah yeah it sure would yeah. I, but yeah it's a it's like a little sneak into like that event especially kind of solidified that instinct in Corey, which is yeah. to say i have to do my very very best to try to solve a problem and if i can't then it's fine but like there's no half-assing it so if daisy's yeah. gone i have to try to i have to try to find daisy if there's a big evil Mm-hmm. That's a that Corey can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. Right. He can't go to sleep every night thinking, "Well, it's not my problem." It's it's too late for that. I think he's too involved now, and he thinks he maybe could do something about it. I feel like Oriak is probably is like in some way similar. Like he is now very much like since he found his goddess DK and has converted and is now a paladin. 
that drive to defeat and like confront evil mm. is very strong. Like you said, like with Coriander, go to sleep, just being like, eh, it's not my problem because he feels like it is his problem because it's like his religious calling to defeat evil and to bring justice to the world and to help people. And because he's a, he's a redemption oath paladin. So he believes that everyone, no matter how bad you were, has the potential to be redeemed and ha- and should be given the opportunity to be redeemed. So that's a very big part of why he would go adventuring with you guys, because I feel like we will Makes be sense. like in season two, be confronting those sorts of like big evils and uh, yeah. taking out bad guys and stuff. Um, but of a more yeah. like immediate concrete reason why he would want to adventure. I have motivations in my head that I don't necessarily want to share because I don't want to like give away yep. too much yep. about him. Um, but like I have these thoughts in my head. Like I guess one is like his mom needs to be provided for. That's not too much of a... Yeah. Nobody's surprised. Yeah, yeah. Like I gotta take care <laughs> of my mom. I wanna take care of my mom. Yeah. yeah most so people if do. there's something that can help with that, right. then that will be a way to get him to keep adventuring. In general, Torin is sort of a helpful person in the sense of like i want to do things in order to solve problems Uh, Mm -hmm. he is more liable to risk things for feelings of home and community rather than like specific people i think or you know there there was a a conversation that torin and coriander had later in the season that said that was you know torin felt very strongly about place whereas cory was more about her family and people. Another one that hasn't exactly been articulated yet, but is knowledge and especially secrets. Mm-hmm. You've seen a little bit of that. Yeah. Like creepy letter collection. <laughs> yeah. He's such a freaking weirdo. <laughs> He's just shaking your head. <laughs> <laughs> Federal offense. Torin likes to know things and likes to have knowledge and he mm-hmm. occasionally risks a little bit uh, too much for that. Uh, and so I think that, you know, the idea of having, I mean, the idea of that he is one of the two or like the handful of people that know about the cores and that sort of thing is yeah. driving him to action. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the knowledge that like, you know, that was a, that was a shitload of books like in that library that I couldn't read I want to adventure. I want to get stronger so that I can read those, find more of those oh, places. Oh, the, the books mm-hmm. in, in the uh, spaceship. Yeah, in the spaceship. Now been destroyed. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. 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 There are. There's this whole other universe that has information and yeah. like knowledge beyond our planet. Whoops. Let's let's get in it. Like let's find what we can. Yeah. Does he want to go to space? I don't know. So questions for me as the DM going into season two. Mm-hmm. How, as the like the storyteller of this business, do you think season two will be different than season one? What have you learned? What sorts of things do you want to do, et cetera, et cetera? Because that's super fascinating. So this whole thing is kind of a process of, I've never DM'd before this game. So this is still a learning process for me. And so part of a learning process is trying out different things and seeing what works and what doesn't work. And what I am hoping to do more in season two is to be a little more rules heavy, be a little more, they, they call it crunchy, like a nature valley bar. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> a 
much. I like crunchy rules. Uh, crunchy. <laughs> Keeping track of things like how much gold you have so you can only buy, you know, so you have to make decisions about the, the stuff that you can buy, weight limits even, how much stuff you can carry. That becomes more relevant when you get into survival-like situations like traveling out in the in the wilderness, which I don't know how quickly that will become relevant or not. That's up to my players. But season one, and I don't know that I've ever actually said this to the to the audience. I know I've talked about it with my players. Um, this first season is very much the prologue of an open world video game. It was kind of on railroad tracks. We were kind of all scooting along to give everybody an idea of what this world was like, a little taste of what was happening, kind of give you the flavor of everything, a tutorial level, if you will set up the bad guy, set up the risks, the rewards. And now you are, you know, the title screen has fallen on that dragon flying away with Mm -hmm. Daisy. And now you're free to play Final Fantasy Fable Forge. uh, (laughs) However you like. (laughs) Yeah. So many Fs. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So, um, I mean, I, I am probably to no one's surprise who's listened to this. Um, and a lot of you know me personally, a lot of my storytelling is based on video games and sort of epic scale, but I guess more on a, more on a JRPG format, just because that, that uh, risk reward, risk reward, risk reward works really well, I think within the context of D&D, where mm-hmm. you give your player a little quest, they go off and do the quest, they get some gold, they get some experience. Mm-hmm. People like that. It works for a reason. And it sets up sort of the scene by scene stuff that we do. I don't expect that the... I know a lot of people have expressed to me that they sort of come here because it's cozy. <laughs> And it feels safe and it feels like hanging out with your buds. And we still want that. It's probably going to get a little more risky. We're going to have, we're sort of turning on character death at this point. We've discussed that as a group. That's not something I arbitrarily decided. Mm -hmm. I guess like the hand holding is over, but I don't mean that like, but I'm still walking behind you in case you fall over. (laughs) Yeah. You aren't abandoned here, but it it becomes more of a problem-solving puzzle for me now as well as the three of you, where you will be challenging me intellectually, mm-hmm. hopefully, as much as I am challenging you. And that's a long-winded answer for what I kind of hope for season two. I also was talking to David about how I would like to, since we were on rails so hard in season one, Mm -hmm. um, see how we feel about creating more time for faffing about, for, you know, Torin wants to check in on Lenora. It would be great if we can keep the party together for that kind of stuff, just Mm -hmm. so everybody gets the information, but it doesn't have to be. And it's really important that even though we are producing a storytelling show, that you three are still having fun as role players. That is of utmost importance to me, because otherwise, what is the point? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) We can do both. I don't think it's I don't think it's at all a stretch to think that we can do both. So I hope that answers those questions. One of the other things that we discussed, Elise and I, a couple few days ago, and that the group has decided we want to do is inspiration points, which you might be familiar with if you've played 5th edition D&D. 
basically they are things rewarded for good role playing, which we know a lot about. <laughs> like we're like we're like oh, yeah. super good at role playing. Real good. Hell yeah. But we're all very forgetful and we forget that the rule exists. So <laughs> Elise is very forgetful and forgets the rule. The exists. royal we. <laughs> Every campaign I feel like is I very just, forgetful. I just get so I'm involved in the it. world and the yeah. role playing and I and, forget. Yeah, it's it's easy to. We don't have an actual referee sitting here <laughs> giving us points. We don't have that. So instead we're going to be our own referee at the end of every episode. What we're going to do is after the music plays at the end, where there is usually silence for you to sit in and meditate <laughs> and think about what you've heard, we're going to sit in and meditate and think about what we heard and did on that episode. Out loud. And talk about the moments that we thought might deserve an inspiration point. And then, of course, Elise will decide which one of those was, you know, she'll give a little stamp that says like, yeah, that one, that's a cool one. It says, think on your sins. <laughs> Exactly, which is our season two motto. Torin. I need that. I need that stamp. <laughs> but more or less, what an inspiration point does is mechanically it gives you advantage on a roll. So after every episode, one of us will get an inspiration point that we can spend in the next episode only. We got to burn it or it goes away and we can spend it at any roll that we think is really important to give us advantage, which just, of course, means that we get to roll the d20 two times and pick the better result. Gives us an advantage. That's it. That's uh, that's something that we'll do for you. So if that sounds really boring to you, feel free to fast forward through that one to five minute segment at the end of every episode. But if that sounds really exciting to you, you're welcome for the bonus content. Anything else we want to say about season two before they listen to it next week? Um, I keep forgetting to acknowledge the fact that David does all of our editing and sound engineering and wrote all the music. And I've had people not realize that that is a true thing that is happening. So uh, please acknowledge, David. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, David. At the start of every this. episode, can we just say that like this episode was edited by David? Even music, though they all are. Music by yeah. David. Yeah. Produced yeah. by David. <laughs> no, really. I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by viewers like you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And then you can do a plug for the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Elise, would you like to shut the door on this uh, this thought episode? Thanks for coming to our little Q&A session. And well, we'll sure see you next time. We sure will. We sure will. Oh, my God. See you in season two. It's going to be real wacky. Bye. We love you. Bye. Bye.